Hello, and welcome to the Untitled Female Driven Podcast. So we are three film and television writers who are here to talk about how to make it as professional writers in the entertainment industry. This podcast covers what we wish we'd known when we were getting started, and you can learn the easy way what we learned the hard way. Today, we are going to talk about film features. Yeah, how to get your first feature job. Last week, we talked about how to get your first TV job. And we got to talk about support staff and staff writer, but there's not really a comparison for film. So we're just going to talk about how to get your first screenwriting job. But I'm Erica Schreiber, and I mostly write features. So you're going to hear a lot from me today. I'm Jess Cho, and I mostly write television. So you'll be hearing a lot of questions from me today. I'm Hannah Rosner. I mostly write for TV. And um, I've also written some features, but I've never been paid for one. So I would love to know what Erica has to teach us about how to get paid to write the movies. So I was thinking about this, and I have to say the first movie that anyone ever paid me to write was several years before I actually got to quit my side job and start screenwriting full time. There was this little tiny job. This woman had an idea, maybe even a treatment, for a female gangster movie. And so she hired me based on a a pilot script I had written to write her this movie, which was really cool. It was like a 1950s heist gangster movie, but all women. And she paid me, I want to say, (laughs) $1,000, which was super lovely. Like, I really enjoyed receiving that $1,000. It is maybe like 3% of what WGA minimums are. But I wasn't WGA. I was just someone who really wanted to write movies. So it was a fun job. They never made it. I will tell you guys listening that, like, I make my living as a screenwriter, which is really cool. But nothing I have written has actually gotten made yet. And that's not uncommon for screenwriters. You know, like, unlike a TV writer's room, when you write a screenplay, even as a job, there is no guarantee that they're actually going to put up the money to make it. So you can make a decent or even great living in this industry as a screenwriter without ever seeing your name up on the screen. And so how did you go from getting paid $1,000 to write a screenplay to writing features for studios you've written for production companies? How'd you make that jump? So the next one that came my way was several years later. I had a general meeting at a company that I really love, Blumhouse. Like, just love those guys. They make all kinds of stuff. And they really, they make a lot of stuff, right? So I had a general meeting with an exec there who, so she passed away. I have so many, like, I have such fond feelings of her, and she was the first person in a general meeting to ever ask if I wanted to direct. So she was a really special lady. Her name was Ray Roberts. And so we had a general, it was amazing. I followed up with her, we stayed in touch, and she told me about an OWA. So an OWA is an open writing assignment. And they, they usually come up in general meetings. So when you have a general meeting, especially on the film side, always ask if there are any open writing assignments. So in this case, their OWA was an idea, really fun and weird idea that a director had come to them with and they needed someone to come up with the right take, right? And a take is your version of the movie. So there's a lot of different types of of OWAs, right? Like a lot of times it's based on IP, which means intellectual property, which usually means a book. So If you're in this general meeting, you're like, what OWAs do you have? They're like, oh, we have this book. We're looking for a writer to do a take on a book, right? So you really, first of all, want to know, do they actually have that book? Like, do they own the rights or do they have an agreement for the rights? Because I definitely have been burned before. So 
things you want to know when these OWAs come up is, do you have the IP? How many other writers have worked on this? How many other writers are pitching on this? Which is really important because for OWAs, a lot of times what production companies and producers will do is they will hear a lot of takes from a bunch of different writers. And those takes will often turn into pitches, which is a lot of free work on your part. We'll do a whole other episode on how to pitch a movie. But you really need to come up with your version of the movie. And to get hired, you're going to have to do a pretty complete and enthusiastic job. So you should know before you put in any of this work, are they just hearing from you? Are they hearing from 12 different writers? Like this is something that you can ask yourself or if you have reps, they can figure out for you. And then of course, whose idea is it to make this movie? Like who generated this OWA? Who Who's excited about it? If it's a CE, which is a lower level development executive, then you may want to keep in mind that their bosses may not know that they're excited about this idea. If the president of the company wants to do this movie, then it's it's more likely worth your time because that's something they're serious about. So those are open writing assignments. There's also the reverse of that, which is you can kind of create your own open writing assignments when you have these meetings where they'll ask you, what do you want to do next? And you'd be like, I love this book. I think you guys would be great producers for this book. I want to write the screenplay of it. And you send them that book. They will sit on it forever and they may or may not get back to you. But that's, that's one of the biggest things when you meet with production companies for general meetings, they want to hear what IP you would want to write. Yeah, that seems to be the current trend for at least the past couple of years. I don't know if it's a sort of studio production company thing of trying to hedge their bets. It's like, well, if something has already been published in short story form or novel form or comic book form or even podcast form, then the material has been vetted. There's already a fan base. And so if we adapt it for the screen, then we will probably not lose too much money slash possibly make a huge profit. And so every general meeting I go into, they read my script and they're like, we love your script. However, we're not doing original material. We're only doing adaptations. So if you have IP, come back to us. And so when they ask that question, are they assuming that you have the rights to some IP or that you are aware that the rights are available? Like, can you talk about that a little bit? It's really great for you to know if you're going to send a book suggestion to producers. It's good for you to know if the rights are available. One of the ways that you can do that, even without anyone on your team, is to figure out who the agent for the book is and just call their office and ask if the rights are available. They might say it slightly suspiciously, but they should give you the answer so you know whether or not you're wasting everyone's time. It's also easier for the producers to find the answers to these things than it is for you. So you can also be like, hey, I love this book. I think the rights are available. You may want to double check. I do also feel like they're asking the question of, do you have IP? It's their way of saying no to you in a polite way, which is until you have IP, get back to us. And so they're putting the burden onto you. Yeah, sometimes they're hoping that you will have written IP, that you are you have a comic book that you've written or a short story that you've written or something like that, because that's easier for them to kind of pass up the ladder than here's an original script. It's really, really hard to get an original script made. How much are you expected to sort of like, say you have a book that you've loved since you were a kid and you've always wanted to do, do you want to say, hey, I, here's this is the book I love, um, this is why I love it, and this is the log line? Or do you want to go even farther and sort of give them what your take on the material is and what your personal connection, like how far do you want to go with that, would you say, Erica? A lot of this stuff takes place near the end of your general meeting, right? You'll ask them what their OWAs are. They'll ask you what you're doing next or what you want to do next. Or they'll ask you straight up, is there any IP that you really love? That's your moment. So come prepared. I have a list in my email of books I love that I would love to adapt. 
I try to look at it before a general meeting. A lot of what you're going to discuss in the general meeting is their mandate. So you can look at what they've made before to get an idea of what they like, but you want to really hear what that mandate is. And a mandate is basically, here's what we want to make now, right? So like you can have a mandate. It's like our mandate is, uh, one of our mandates is to find dystopian YA. They're going to say YA, by the way, (laughs) pretty much Every company you talk to is going to want to do YA. And yet they never make it. It's so frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like our mandate is we're looking for something really hopeful. We don't care if it's based on a true story. We don't, you know, like, so like let them tell you. And so have that list in your head. You've already kind of vetted it a little bit in your head because, you know, if you're meeting at, say, Blumhouse, you're not going to pitch them the like really sweet comedy from your childhood, you know, hear them out on what their mandate is. And then I wouldn't bring up more than two in a meeting so easy to be like I feel like I hear about people who pitch like seven ideas at the end of their general meetings and I just want to tell them to take a chill pill and be like pick the best things and then let the producers tell you if they're interested because they you you have to listen for the no because people hate to say no in this industry but you're like I love this book as a kid I think it really would fit in within your mandate here is the log line here's what I love about it I wouldn't say like here's my take on it unless you really have a radical take on it that would change everything And then listen when they say like, oh, that sounds really cool, but we have something similar. You know, that's a no. They're not saying like, we have something similar and you're not, you shouldn't be like, I will prove that this is the better project. That's a waste of your time. They'll let you know if they want to check it out. Something that can be really helpful is to have coverage available on the book, which here's a secret for you guys. I have written coverage on some of my favorite IP projects so that like, I can send that to them and be like, here's why it would make a great movie. And I just leave my name off of it, you know? So they think that someone at a studio read this and wrote this great coverage. That's smart. I worked as a coverage writer, which has been really beneficial for me in this sense. So, you know, like then they can read the coverage and they can decide kind of off of that if they see what you see in it. And then maybe they read the book or maybe they have their assistant read the book, which is way more likely. And then very occasionally they will be as excited about it as you are and you can kind of pursue it together keeping in mind of course if it's something that you just love more than anything this company will own the rights you will not own the rights rights are expensive i'm not saying that all writers should buy the rights to their own books but if it's something you really really love only only really go down this road with producers you trust when you're in a general and you say you should ask if they have open writing assignments do you mean literally ask so do you guys have any open writing assignments or is there usually like a sort of clever roundabout way that that gets brought up in meetings. I think you totally can ask if they have any open writing assignments. Like you're you're both in this room or on this Zoom because they read your script and they liked it and they are interested in working with you. I think the best way to couch it is like, do you have any open writing assignments that you think I would be a good fit for? Rather than do you have any, you know? Like, is there anything that, you know, like, are, are you working on something? I, I tend to ask people, what's the thing you're working on that you're most excited about, right? And they'll kind of usually, they, they might have something in mind, but they also might tailor it to like what they think I might be interested in. And so like, I would, I would put it that way. They're like, do you have any, any open writing assignments or anything you're working on that you think I would be a good fit for? I'd love to hear about it. And you can kind of, if you hear their mandate, be like, oh, I really hope you keep me in mind for YA novels about body swapping, you know, like whatever it is that they said they're looking for. Like, if that's something that excites you, just put a little hat on it. Like, I would love to hear from you if that's something that becomes, you know, available or becomes a, a writing assignment. You don't need to play coy with the fact that you are a screenwriter who wants to get paid to write something for them. You know, that's why you're here. When they say, we're looking for a writer to, quote, do a take. What does this mean, Erica? Like, how, <laughs> how, what is a take? How long is this take? How, what's involved in it? Can you talk about that a little bit? 
let's go back to my story about Blumhouse, right? So Ray tells me this really weird idea that this director has come in with, right? And she's like, we're looking for writer for it. And step one of that is a take. So what happened next is I went home and I thought about this weird idea. And I thought about my version of this weird idea. And then I called Ray or we set up a call and I told her the direction I wanted to go. It wasn't a full pitch. It was more like, this is this is where I'd like to, to take this. What do you think? That's a point in which she can be like, we've heard something really similar or that's not the, what the director wants. Or in this case, she was like, oh my God, I love that. Let me bring you in for a pitch. So like, that's a take, right? A take is is the precursor to a pitch. It's when you're like, here's what I want to do. I see it this way. This is what I think it should be like. This is how I would picture my way into this movie. And when I say that, and just because it's rougher and more relaxed than a pitch doesn't mean I don't stress about it like any less, because if your take doesn't pass muster, then you're not going to be pitching. You also can come in, you can also have two takes. You know, I wouldn't go necessarily more than two. Be like, here's how I pictured it. And they're like, ah, we've heard that, or we don't like that, or here's why. You're like, oh, cool. What about this this way, this different way? And then they might be like, oh, yeah, that's, that's what we want to hear. Always best to start with the one you like most, but great to have something in your back pocket. So then... Once you clear the take with them, that's when you you are on your own time creating a pitch for that job. What level of detail do you give during those takes? I start with an overview. I am prepared with more details if I need them. I have definitely done takes in which I have done most of the work of a pitch, but I don't throw all of that at them. Uh, unless they're really enthusiastic, it's always better to start off with the overview and then have more details available if they ask you questions. Okay, so by overview, you mean what? Structure, tone, character arc? I think whatever the shiniest thing is about your take. Like I did a take once for a an app game that I really liked. And, you know, I wanted to take it and turn it into a story about sisters. And so I, I basically was like, hey, I want to do this about sisters. It would work kind of like this. Tonally speaking, it would kind of resemble this. And here's the cool ending I came up with. I'm just throwing some stuff at her. They did not ask me to pitch on it. But <laughs> it was like, that's kind of a general idea of like, I think you really want to kind of cover a very vague structure, talk about how you see the main character and tone. So you want to be prepared with so much more than you will probably need, but you just want to really give a sense of like, what's the Erica stamp on this movie? What's the Jess stamp on this movie? You know, if it's a book, you can be like, I think this needs a complete restructuring. I want to come at it this way. I want to make the main character a woman. I want to do, you know, like the big changes that you want to make lead with those. Um, or I want to stay really true to this book. I think it needs very little in terms of structural, but I would cut these things. That's really cool. It's not that dissimilar from what Jess and I do when we are pitching um, episode ideas or, you know, A, B, C story in a writer's room. It's like you want to go macro before you go micro. So you don't want to dive in and say, okay, this is the main character and this is the journey that they go on in detail. This is the inciting incident and then this is the midpoint. You kind of want to give like an overview of, okay, so it's this meets that, you know, it's, uh, it's diehard in a escape room <laughs> the shortest movie ever isn't that just um, an escape room <laughs> <laughs> you can see how, why I, I don't work in features um yet but yeah you do you know you give your little your little pitch but it's with the female protagonist and um she's an airline stewardess you know and you kind of like you give your little uh macro pitch and you make it sound fun and splashy and exciting give you know what's what's the theme i like how you said this is really what the story is really about is sisterhood 
and then maybe what your cool ending is just so you give them a sense of where you know it's heading and where you want to land exactly i'm going to coin a term right now which is highlight and hook love it that's great highlight the things that you want to do and hook them with the coolest part of what you've come up with i'm writing all this down so good you know we're recording (laughs) (laughs) side note hannah i absolutely want to watch that movie the airline stewardess die hard escape room in an escape room (laughs) yeah i've never even been in an escape room but anyway back to business (laughs) so one of the other things i wanted to talk about is bringing an original pitch and i'm not talking about a script you've written i'm talking about a pitch so that means that you are bringing an original idea to a production company or to producers for them to produce. The idea being that they will either pay you to write it or they will attach themselves, take it to a buyer who will then pay you to write it with these people on as producers. So an original pitch is your idea for a movie. So things you want to make sure of before you set up an original pitch, which is a separate meeting than a general meeting. Like imagine you have your general meeting and then at the end you say, well, I'm actually going out with this pitch soon. It's about uh, an airline stewardess who's caught in an escape room. And they can be like, oh, I'd like to hear that. Or they can be like, that sounds nice. Good luck with it, you know? So before you reach out to people about this pitch, you want to make sure that it fits within their mandate, as we discussed. Like, is this the kind of movie they make? Don't take your very sweet boy lost on a train who meets a mouse to Blumhouse. Unless it's a killer mouse. Killer mouse, (laughs) right? You know, like, so then you, you will go around to all the different places with the connections you've made and the places your reps can get you, and you will pitch this original movie. And people will either attach to it, hopefully, or they will pay you to write it. That does happen. Like some production companies have what we call development money, which means literally just money they can pay you as a feature writer to write the script for them so that they have the rights to that script. So that's another way that's a non-open writing assignment. Um, It's something I recommend you do when you have enough connections that it's worthwhile to take it out. You know, if you can only pitch it one place, then you've done a lot of work for just one straight up yes or no and since you get a no 98 percent of the time just keep that in mind whether you do an open writing assignment pitch or an original pitch people are going to need to know that you can actually write so you need to have a sample a sample that fits for the kinds of jobs you want and then those are you know a lot of times they may have already read it because that's what got you the general meeting but like if you're coming in to pitch at a place that either read you a long time ago or has never read you at all You really need to have a script that goes along with the kind of movie you want to make, right? The kind of jobs that you want. If you are pitching to adapt a dystopian YA novel, then you want to have a script. It doesn't have to be a dystopian YA script, but it needs to have elements of that. So they can read this and be like, I see how this writer could do our precious YA dystopian IP. So maybe it is a dystopia or it has cool, smart talking teenage characters or something along those lines. So this is when it really comes in handy to know what kinds of jobs you want to be considered for? Because then you can make sure you have a sample that goes along with that. What about options? So you wrote an amazing script and someone wants to buy it or someone wants to make it. Good for you. Someone's interested in the script you wrote. Like a lot of times your your spec scripts will only get you general meetings, will only get you considered for open writing assignments. Occasionally the stars aligns and you send it to a producer and they're like, we want to make this, right? The most likely thing they're going to do is option it, which is like renting your script, right? They will pay you some amount of money. Uh, if you are a beginning writer, I feel like it's going to be $2,500 or $5,000 or somewhere in, in that territory. Uh, and that will buy them a year 
or 18 months or two years. Like they, these contracts can look different in which they have the rights to your script, but they don't have to pay to buy it unless they can get it made. So either they'll sell it to someone and then you're like, yay, money, someone bought my script. Or on the first day of production, they owe you for the full price of the script, which you have agreed upon in the option agreement. Um, sometimes people outright buy your script, which is awesome. Or they outright buy your pitch. Also awesome. That only works, by the way, for an original. If you are if you are hired to do an, uh, an open writing assignment, you still will have a contract and they will pay you as a writer for hire to do that script. Have you sold a spec script? No, I have a spec script set up somewhere. So they are trying to find, they have a director attached and they are trying to find an actress to attach and then we will try to sell it to a studio. Can you talk about what that means when something is set up somewhere? Normally it means optioned. In this case, it's not optioned. There's pros and cons to that. The con is, of course, I didn't get any money for these people to become producers on my project. On the plus side, the rights are mine. They can't sell it to someone I don't like. They can't sell it at all because they don't have any legal right to it. So should I decide that I don't want them to be the producers, I can walk right away. Like I can just be like, this is mine again, instead of having to wait two years for the option to expire. So pros and cons. So that's that's what I mean by setup is that these people are pre- currently producing my script, but we have not sold it. Got it. Something I wanted to mention. So if you get a job writing a movie with a company that is a WGA signatory, Congratulations! You are now in the WGA. Unlike TV, which you guys probably know much better than I how TV writing gets you into the WGA, with film writing, that's all it takes, is getting hired to write something by a real company. So if you sell a script, none of that counts towards your pension and health. Because it's not work you've been hired to do. It is a sale of a product. Seriously? I did not know that. I know. This is why I'm telling you. Because there is a very simple way to get around this. When you sell a spec script, make sure that you include a step for a rewrite. Because if you do that, then it will count towards your health and pension. Nice. So tell your lawyer. Yeah. (laughs) For your agent. If you're selling this, like, I need that step so that this will count. Um, So, yeah. Important to know. And I think you want that rewrite step anyway, right? Because you want... Oh, yeah, totally. You want a shot to address their notes in the future because otherwise they'll just buy it and then hire some other writer, which they might do anyway. That absolutely happens. That's how you get a job as a your first kind of feature writing job. It comes off of usually general meetings. It comes off of having a really amazing sample that, you know, or, or making noise by selling a spec, which... I just I think people really think before they break in that if they just write a good enough feature, it'll sell. But if you look at the traits, so so rarely do do these kinds of specs sell. And if they do, they're usually by JJ Abrams, you know. <laughs> so I want to make sure, make it clear it's not impossible. It does happen. Optioning is way more common than an outright purchase, and you can absolutely have an original script optioned that the producers then try to get made. That's way more common than an outright purchase. But most of the jobs that I have gotten have been being able to come up with a pitch for an open writing assignment that's really good. The pitch, not necessarily the open writing assignment. Right. <laughs> Although you probably want a good one. You really want both. Yeah. Just want everything to be good. Ideally. Yeah. And I will say that I used to pitch at everything, not everything, everything, but like I used to 
pitch on things when the opportunity presented itself. Keep in mind that if you get hired to write a movie, that's like your life for the next year and a half. It's so much work. If you can only go after projects that you are genuinely excited about, because even the thing that you're most excited about can be really stressful based on the notes you get back and all the compromises you have to make. It's so much time even to just do the pitch. So if you don't have real enthusiasm for it, one, it's most likely that they'll sense that. But if they don't, that little bit of enthusiasm you have will disappear like immediately the first time you get notes. It's also about trusting the producers because you want to have some similar creative sensibility because if you get the sense that these people are just not getting your take and what you're trying to say and just aren't really passionate about the script. It's just going to be a constant uphill battle because if you can't even get your producers to get excited about this project that you're writing, how are they going to get other, uh, get a studio excited to buy it, you know? And these are people you're going to be working with for a year or two or more. Yeah, or get actors involved, the right director. It's good to keep in mind that you're going to do a lot of pitching. We'll cover that more in the future, but you always want to go in knowing a lot more than you're going to say, because they will always, if it's a good pitch and they are interested, they'll have questions, you know? So you want to be prepared to talk about all these different aspects, but you really want to keep your pitch to the most interesting parts. It's really great if your pitch can be 15 to 20 minutes. Well, I can't wait to do our pitching episode and hear all of your awesome pitching tips and tricks because that's something <laughs> that I want to be doing more of in the future. It's a terrifying thing. It's one thing to pitch to eight people in, that you know well that you've been working with in a writer's room. It's another thing to pitch to complete strangers that are super powerful in the industry. It's terrifying at first, but you can't be, if you do it 20 times, you can't be terrified anymore. Your body at some point is like, well, this is what we do. I went out with a project last year to try to attach producers, and I think I pitched at like 22 different places. Oh my gosh. And all of that is just so that we could find the producers. And now I will be pitching it at probably 22 more, but I'll have producers and a director to come with me, which makes you feel a lot better than when it's just you. Awesome. Well, this is all amazing, Erica. Do you have anything else you want to add before we wrap up? No, I will just say, you know, like your first feature job, like I said, it's not as clear cut as how to get a job in the TV industry in terms of writing. So it requires a lot of patience, a lot of investment of time, um, and trying to identify what's worth chasing after and what's not. Like I said, people sometimes don't have the rights to the books that they're asking you to take to pitch on. People sometimes haven't shared with their bosses that they want to make a movie about like women who rob ATMs. So really know that this road almost always leads to disappointment. But the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. The more people you'll meet who like you don't half-ass a pitch ever. Either don't do it or do it right. Absolutely. Thanks for your wisdom, Erica. You're uh, welcome. Jess and I are just furiously <laughs> taking notes. And, uh... I know. I did not contribute much because like writing it all down, I'm like, okay, so this is what I want to do next time. <laughs> <laughs> if any of you listening have any questions about getting your first feature job or features or anything at all that you want to hear us talk about, please drop us a line at untitledfemaledrivenpodcast at gmail.com or at our Twitter, which is at untitledfemale. We would love to hear from you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>